Mass Transit sounding kind of good. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So Psalm 119. And uh, also, please keep praying for Brother Carl. I hope to, someone remind me, please, when we, when we finish to pray for Carl. For his, thank God that uh, he came through his surgery fine. And uh, we just pray for the surgery to have been effective. And, uh, and for his other prayer requests, too, for uh, Joyce Davis and for the May family that all had COVID-19 and are recovering. So uh, Psalm 119, verse 81. My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget thy statutes. How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have digged pits for me, which are not after thy law. All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Quicken me after thy loving kindness, so shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. So we're on the last page, last page of this handout, blazing through Psalm 119. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we're on uh, number seven, which is on the, the page four. In, in the world tribulation, those are the blanks, in the world tribulation, and it's verse 87, they had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. And so just to read these real quick, ours is not a fairy tale existence. Walking with the Lord comes at a price. Letter B, it is exactly what Christ said that we can expect following him. Letter, uh, that was letter B. Letter C, the answer for us and our hope is in forsaking him not, nor his precepts. And letter D, though walking with him comes with a price, there is also reward in this life and in life to come. Letter I here at the bottom of that is grace for the way, recompense for the reward, the excitement at seeing what God will do, and I've got this in addition to that, and being part of his work. Folks, that's, it's very exciting to be a child of God and to be called of God to do his work, do the things that God wants us to do. And, um, and I think, I think we, we fail to realize, and I think this is all of us, we fail to realize how, how privileged we are to be children of God and then called of God to do the things that God has for us in this world. And, and you know, there's so much that we have to deny. The Lord Jesus said, if you'll, if you'll be my disciple, you need to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. And yet, uh, the world is constantly giving us the, 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 the absolute 180 out from that. It's all constantly encouraging us to do everything but that. And uh, in America today, you can be practically any religion in the world, but if you're a Christian, you're, you're in the odd group, that's for sure. And so... Um, on the last page here, I've got this note that, that uh, we're continuing the thought of the reward uh, that comes, uh, though walking with him comes with a price, there is also reward in this life and life to come. And for right now, there's grace for the way. Honey, can you turn this down just a little, I think? Uh, grace for the recompense for the reward, the excitement of seeing what God will do and being part of his work. And so I think the very, very best example of this in the Bible is Moses. You see that, and it's in your notes there, uh, Hebrews eleven twenty four. By faith, Moses, when he had when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of uh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the the reproach of Christ greater riches 
than the treasures in Egypt, and for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest uh, he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry, dry land, which the Egyptians saying to do were drowned. And so just some thoughts about that. And first of all, is what you see in this passage, what you see through a lot of Hebrews 11, is eternal sight, eternal reward. And what, what we see, what, and again, when I talk about the people of God, the Christians, I'm talking about people who have genuinely been, been, been born again. People who are saved and part of Christ's family. So that's who we're talking about. But many of us are short-sighted. As in, we're, we're paying attention to what our senses tell us. To what the world tells us. What the news tells us. What entertainment tells us. Tell, what man-led education tells us. Listen, all these things lead away from everything that's good and right and e eternally meaningful. And the thing is, is Christians are, 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 are as susceptible, or can be as susceptible as the rest of the world at being led astray. And the thing is, is we need eternal sight. And if we do have eternal sight, then we'll have re eternal reward. But you have, if you have short-sightedness, you'll have short-term reward short-term consequences too and uh and and i just think it's a what mo what we see here with moses as he said back verse 24 again by faith moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter the first thing he did was turn away from the path that you know his his adopted mother uh, pharaoh's daughter or maybe all of uh, you know he he was in a unique position of privilege in Egypt, and yet he turned away from that. And the Bible goes on to say he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing. So he turned away from all the glory, the glamour, the riches, the wealth, the power, the influence. He turned away from everything that man thinks that he wants. I was thinking earlier about when I was a kid, you know, the glamour seemed to me like a rock star, you know. The, 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 I had lots of rock stars. I had posters on my wall. A typical kid, you know, and, and we think that that's what you want. Money, power, you know, all the, the things. That, and listen, if you could have a microscope and look at those people's lives, it doesn't, I, don't, I think that it doesn't take them long. I don't, th I don't think that, uh, that you go very far down that path before you start finding out it's not paradise. If you go to bed drunk and, and addled with drugs and you wake up with hangovers and, and all the, the fallout from the choices you made the night before and you do this day after day after day, how long do you think it is before you see, start seeing your life falling apart? Even if you do have more money than, than most people can even imagine. It's not paradise. To have everything that you think that your flesh wants, really what that is is... is is, you know, making your bed and lying down in it. What every human being on planet Earth needs is to be led of God. That's how you experience the blessings of life. And so uh, the, the, the thought, first of all, is the eternal sight, eternal reward, short-sightedness, short-term reward and consequences. And, uh, and what you see with Moses 
is that he saw the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Isn't that an amazing contrast? And, the, and of course, does that make sense to the world? When you see the reproach of Christ, in other words, all the difficulties, challenges, the, the, the hard life, if you want to focus on these things, all those things that come with following Christ. And Moses, he's, he's like the best example you can show in the Bible of everything he turned away from to be God's man in God's plan and, and gaining everything that there is to the In this life, it's hard to see from that perspective how that, li- how that plan plays out well. Wouldn't it have been better to stay in Egypt? Wouldn't it have been better to become been the son of Pharaoh's daughter? And that's only if he didn't become Pharaoh one day. That's possible. Moses turned away from all of that. And that must have looked like a completely idiotic thing to do. Don't you think that's what everybody around Moses would have told him? This is stupid what you're doing. This is foolish what you're doing. And he embraced what they could see was he embraced the slavery. He, he embraced the, the despondency of the lowest life that you could have in Egypt. Because that's what Israel had. He embraced the God of Israel. And they could not see beyond what your senses told you about what that choice means. And yet you follow the story. What happens? God sends him back to Egypt after spending 40 years in the, in the, in the desert <laughs> watching his father-in-law's sheep. And it didn't seem like he had become a great man there. Listen, if Moses had become the next Pharaoh, he would not have the place in human history just as far as what humans can understand that Moses had by following God. What Moses did was he walked by faith. He responded to what God told him to do. And he forsook Egypt. He, he, and and you, you go on to read this. It says, uh, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Tell me, could he see riches in Christ? Not with his senses. He could accept that God has made himself known to me. God must have the better plan. And that's what he did. And so he esteemed the... And it's interesting that you see here in the New Testament an Old Testament character, Moses, esteeming the riches of who? The riches of Christ. The promised Messiah. There, Moses is being tied directly to Christ. Listen, folks. If you're going to be following God, you're going to be following Jesus Christ. Even there in the Old Testament, Moses was following the revelation of Christ. And I can't, I can't explain that exhaustively to you. I accept it as, as what the Bible says it is. He, was, he esteemed the, riches of, uh, the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Again, folks, that was eternal sight. Now whether or not you know, we look back and you see the ten plagues that God poured upon Egypt and Moses was pouring. He was the one that went to Pharaoh and delivered the message. Let my people go. God has said, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. And if you don't, here's what's going to happen. Ten times Pharaoh was delivered this message. And ten times 
Pharaoh and all of Egypt saw the power of God on display. You know, folks, it would not have been difficult for God simply to have utterly wiped out the Egyptians. What God did each time was He revealed just a tiny touch of His power. And it was enough at each place to be a biblical level plague. That's what, that's what it means today. That, that when we say biblical level plague or biblical level uh, you know, uh, disaster, they're referring to what's recorded in the Bible about what happened with Egypt. And each time, God was simply touching the world. Just, just touching and allowing His power to have an impact on Egypt. And each time, He was illustrating that gods. They were simply names with man-made illustrations. And they had no power. They, they, men revered them. Uh, the, the different gods there, Ra and all these, the God of the Nile and all these, they had no power. God was the one with all the power. Moses was the one who saw long term. He heard God's voice. He responded to what God revealed to him. And folks, what do you and I have? We have what God gave Moses at the, at the burning bush. We have that recorded for us. We have everything that God did after that. We have what God did through the prophets. We have what God did through Israel and delivering them to and from captivity and conquering their enemies and giving them over to their enemies. We have all this record. Then we have the New Testament. Jesus Christ having come in the flesh and accomplished all that He did. He chose out 12 disciples. He taught them how to reach Israel. And those men, the Bible says in the book of Acts, have overturned the world. And we have the book of Revelation telling us how this whole thing is going to end. Folks, you and I have more than Moses had. Far more. And when you couple that together with having the Holy Spirit on the inside, folks, God has told us the way to go. And it's, for, it's our place to reject what Satan and the world and even our flesh tell us want. Our place is to turn away from all of those things and accept by faith God has the perfect plan. The Bible says these things were, were written as, as, as an admonishment to us that we could seek the living, seek the God and seek the living, the, the truth. And know the way that we should go. And yet, many Christians, maybe most Christians, maybe 99.9, I don't know, most of us are struggling to stop listening to the world. Folks, there, there are so many avenues by which the world pulls on us and tempts us and tempts us to come away from God. Glory to God, Satan cannot take my salvation from me. But you know what he could take from me? The, the, the walking by faith, giving glory to God day by day, following God's plan for my life. He can take that from me by pulling my attention away. And I, I, again, I can't thank God enough for, for the example of Moses, who saw, he saw eternally, eternal, eternal sight, eternal reward, and he saw the reproach of Christ, greater reward than the treasures of Egypt. And folks, we've got to do the same thing. So continuing on with this, 
uh, it says in uh, verse 27, let me verse start in verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, look at this verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt. All these choices that he's made, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. By faith he forsook Egypt. Look at this. Not fearing the wrath of the king. Now listen. People think that the president of the United States, the, the, the kings and prime minister and queens you know, of, of the world, that they're the people of real power. Listen, folks, they have earthly power that God has allowed them to have. But we are to fear God. We are to respect what He says as the truth and to respond to what God says is the truth. And Moses did that. It says he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest the, he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, uh, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, saying to do, were drowned. So just a couple of thoughts about this. Is that he, uh, he, he did not fear the king that he could see. He feared the king that nobody could see. Now Moses, he did see the Lord, he heard His voice. He saw the similitude of the fire. But listen, everything God told Him to do, He had to do by faith. Just like me and you. He, uh, he went as seeing the invisible. He saw Him. He saw the Lord. And He saw Him. He saw that burning bush and He heard His voice. But listen, He obeyed because He had faith. You and I have more than what He had. You know, we would not be better off to have a burning bush speaking to us. You guys all understand that? We would not be better off to have a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. How do I know that we wouldn't be better off? Well, you look at the record. Israel struggled constantly with recognizing God, with recognizing that He had the right plan. You read the books of Moses. You read Genesis through through. Uh, through Numbers and Deuteronomy, and you see Israel constantly struggling with, is God going to keep His word or not? The Bible, reco the Bible records every time that they were hungry and thirsty, their very first response was what? Somebody tell me. What did they do? Okay. They, 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 listen, their very first thing that they did that's where they ended up, Miss Laura. You were right. You jumped right ahead. <laughs> but the very first thing they did was complain. And complain bitterly. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. You've led us into this desert to die. We should go back to Egypt, just like Miss Laurie said. Now before we are too condemning, other Christians are very similar in believing that we need the things that the world we need to be happy. What we need <laughs> to be happy is exactly what God has said. Love the Lord your God. Fear the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Glorify the Lord. 
and let everything else fall in its proper place. But instead, American Christians today major on crossing their T's, dotting their I's, making sure I have the best plan possible for having the best life possible, and I'll try to fit God in there somewhere. That is a failed plan. And it's a lack of faith. And again, I, folks, I am talking about like, people who are born again. People who have the Holy Spirit living within because Christ has saved them from their sins. I'm not talking about but just anybody who goes to church and claims the name Christian. I'm talking about Christian Americans today are believing every line of, of stuff that comes down the pike about how you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And we teach our kids that by doing it as well. When we say, I got to have two jobs so that we can afford a mortgage payment well beyond our means, and we got to have the newest cars, and we got to have the best clothes, and I don't have time to do anything right before God because I got to do all this. Folks, our place is to put God first. Honor the Lord with faith to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Folks, if we would just pray before we make major decisions, I said major, we really should pray before we make all, all decisions. Go instantly to God in prayer. But again, many saved saints of God are going to God as a last resort. And folks, the reason why we have to go to God as a last resort is because our lives are falling apart because we're not following God. That's the problem. American Christians need to put everything else aside and seek God's face. Listen, the Lord, the Lord is faithful. He wants us to seek Him. He wants to make Himself known to us. Moses uh, walked by faith as seeing the invisible God, seeing Him, and he saw the value of serving Him. And, and I just I can't thank God enough for this passage. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. He had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Did you see that again? For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And folks, in our, in our day, in our, in, in our vernacular, he saw value in serving God. I would take it a step further and say he saw value in pouring out his life at God's feet. Again, Moses turned away from, uh, listen, from, the, from, a, from a, a man's perspective, Moses turned away from all of it. He turned away from power, from wealth, from everything that man could desire. He turned away from it all because he believed God's way was the right way to go. God had revealed himself to Moses and he followed God. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And the last, last note I wanted to make about this is um, that, um, I'm sorry, walking by faith, he, had, he and Israel were untouched in judgment. Because Moses feared God and believed in God, and because they did what God said to do, they were spared judgment. And folks, <laughs> by, by, faith, by the grace of God, Putting your faith in Jesus Christ, we are spared the greatest judgment that a soul can ever face. 
But listen, there's a lot that Christians are experiencing as far as judgment that we don't have to be facing if we would have faith and follow God. That's what we need. Walking by faith, he and Israel were untouched in judgment. And the last, uh, last thing I wanted to share about that is uh, exploits. Now this goes back to, to, to the, 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 uh, the thought about grace for the way, recompense for the reward, and the excitement at seeing what God will do. Listen, Israel saw some incredible works of God. Incredible things. And they saw the plagues. They saw God's handiwork. And again, you know, folks, that should have been enough the first time they got hungry to not complain. And I, I'm not going to ding Israel because I know Christians are every bit as guilty at, at complaining and failing to walk by faith and failing to respond in faith to the challenges we face. We're, we're every bit as guilty at times. But um, listen, they saw exploits. They saw the power of God on display. And there were even times where they were a part of it. And, and I think probably the best example for that first generation of, 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 uh, of uh, the children of God that came out of Egypt was they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. God had made the Red Sea part. And the Bible says that the children of Israel, millions of, of children of Israel, walked through on dry ground. And, and it's so exciting what if, if, you, if you read this passage, you know, uh, uh, that, uh, in Exodus, that as they went through, you know, God is watching them on, on every side. You know, he put those, he, he made this path, and, the, and the, the Red Sea was a wall of water on both sides. Don't you wonder what they saw? Did they see fish and, and, and whales and, and stuff fly? <laughs> I can't help but think that they saw them on the other sides of the, of the water. But anyway, as they went through, God was watching over them. And listen, they had lots of fears, and they had lots of concerns, and the army of Egypt, the, the only part in all those plagues that, the, that wasn't touched was the power, the military might of Egypt. It's interesting that God spared them like that. Now we know, you know why. <laughs> Israel was brought to the Red Sea. Again, they feared. And Moses said, stand still, and you will see the salvation of the Lord. I don't know if Moses was the only man who had faith that day, but he was listening to God. <laughs> and God told him to hold up the staff, and God parted the Red Sea, and Israel went through on dry ground. How exciting do you think that was? Folks, the movie The Ten Commandments cannot hold a candle to the power of what God was really like that day. Israel was going through on dry ground and God was protecting them. And so there, God puts the pillar between Israel, the pillar of, uh, of, uh, of I can't remember, the, pillar, the column of, of smoke and fire. So he puts that between, between them and Egypt. And he allows Egypt to come right up to it. And then he removes it. And Egypt gets to go, go, go driving in. Israel gets through safely on the other side and God knocks off their chariot wheels. And they said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for God fights for them. I'm paraphrasing. Folks, it is exciting to be God's man and God's woman. And folks, if we will walk by faith, we will see God's exploits. It's exciting to be a Christian. It's exciting to know God's word is true. You know, when you, when you look at the record of the Word of God, 
with human eyes and human understanding, it loses its sheen. <laughs> They're just stories. They're just Jack and the Beanstalk. Beanstalk. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you eyes to see the, these things as what they really are. A record of God's handiwork in the human race. And it's meant to inform us. Every one of us in this room, the record of God's Word is to inform us to walk by faith and seek His face and not believe the lies that Satan and the world tells us. And it's up to us. We are, we are the, 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 the junction. We, we're the ones who decide to respond in faith to God or to walk the way that the world tells us we need to go. We're the juncture. The juncture is right here. My heart, whether, I, whether or not I will believe God. And to do that, you've got to do the same thing Moses did. You have to reject the world. You have to choose to suffer affliction with the people of God. All these things, they, they make no sense to the world, but they make perfect sense to the eye of faith. And I know I'm not the only one. Seeing God's work in your own life. And you know God is true. And you know Jesus saves. And you know the Holy Spirit is there. And you know the Word of God is quick and sharper than a two-edged sword. You know it because you've experienced it and seen it firsthand. So when Satan comes knocking on your door and tells you you don't need to follow God, you don't need to walk in His ways, you know to reject it. But the problem is, is we have this human flesh. The human flesh wants to go in the wrong direction constantly. So inside of every believer is a battle. Every day, there's a battle going on. And listen, if you feed the old man, then the old man gets stronger. If you starve the new man, that what Christ has done within, if you starve him, he's not going to be as strong. The Holy Spirit is, is all-powerful in us to help us to live the Christian life. But if we leave our spiritual life to nothing, then we're not going to have the power to live for Christ every day. It's there. But many Christians are spiritually zombies. They're just barely subsiding. They're sustaining. <laughs> They're just barely alive as far as their presence in the world. Listen, folks, we need to walk by faith and not by sight. So exploits which the world cannot do or explain. And so letter two, number two here at the, at the bottom of this section before you hit number eight is Egypt and its glory were passing away. If Moses had lived for its pleasures, he would have been judged with them instead of being part of the victory with God's people. And again, folks, you and I have victories. Christ won the greatest of victories, but we can be part of the battle. We should be part of the battle. And yet Christ can still win greater victories in our lives if only we would walk with God and have faith in Him. And Egypt and, and its glory and this world and, its, and all that it has to offer is all passing away. Living for the Lord is the only life worth living for a Christian. You know, those, those people who are lost, the only thing that they have, the only thing they have is let us eat and drink tomorrow we die. 
And you know the thing is, is living for the flesh under any circumstances, lost or saved, will not, will not be eternally, will not be satisfying. It can't continue being satisfying. You know, people who do drugs, uh, I, I, I have not done, <laughs> I have not seen a lot of that life. But I know this, from what I've, what I've read, what I've seen, what I've heard of people who have, you know, been involved with, with drugs and, uh, and uh, alcohol, is you can, you, to sustain the rush or the, 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 the euphoria, you have to keep chasing and get doing more and more and more and more. And it, you, you, you just, you're on, it's, it's a losing equation. To get, to get that effect again, you have to do more drugs. And it takes more of your life. It steals more away. And, and the alcoholics, they keep doing this. And I, I met a guy on the street of uh, New Jersey. And he was an alcoholic. He lost his home. And he had a six-pack of beer. And he, he was explaining to me that this is, all, this is all he does. And he doesn't see why it's such a big deal. He had lost everything at that point. His sister had kicked him out. And he was saying how it's, it's the only thing that he gives place to. And yet it's taken everything in his life. You know, he, he said, you wouldn't believe how cold it is to wake up in the middle of the night on the street. Listen, folks. Sin will consume your life. You give place to sin, and it will consume your life, lost or saved. The only life worth living is a life that God tells us to live. God gives peace and joy and contentment that the world can't see, and it can't explain. And listen, our flesh wants no part of it, but the Spirit, is constantly bidding us to partake of the, of the blessings of walking with God. So we're going to go ahead and stop right there. Long-term sight and reward. That's what God wants us to do. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for your, this day. Thank you for being our God and for loving us. And Lord, we thank you for your plan being perfect. We thank you, Lord, that, uh, that your way is perfect. Help us to, to walk by faith and follow you closely and not uh, be part of the world's way of doing business. And we pray for our church. We pray that you please help us, Lord, to walk with you. And we pray for uh, everyone here tonight. Lord, each of us have needs that only you can meet. And we pray that you please help our families and help our families to be strong in you. We pray for Brother Carl and for his recovery. We pray for his, uh, his, uh, the, 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 the net that they put in there to catch clots, Lord, that it would be effective. The tissue would grow over it like it's supposed to. We pray he'd be able to come off the blood thinners. We pray for um, uh, Joyce Davis and for the May family. They would recover. Lord, please help all these, and we thank you for your, your loving kindness. Bless us as we go home. Thank you, and please also be with us Saturday as we go uh, to this march. We pray that, that Lord, uh, what you want to accomplish would, would happen there then. We pray for our country. We pray for the Supreme Court justice to be chosen that would be most beneficial to our country. Thank you for loving us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.